Blog Talk Radio. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial. It's, uh, well, you know me. It's me, Dan Grimshay. Hi. Uh-huh. How you doing? Also, we've got Marky joining us. Marky, uh, say hello. Sound off. Let hello, me everybody. Okay, that'll work. That'll well, work. you know, this is the first time I've been in studio. I've been all over the world. You have. Including San Diego Comic-Con. Looking for your baby. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but I'm back in the studio, and it's it's very dusty. We haven't been recording much. No, that's true. And and I would like to say that that's a recent development, <laughs> but it's kind of the hallmark of the show. Yeah. It's like a cat just sleeps on my microphone. <laughs> that's how much pollen I'm dealing with in here. So that's, yeah. and, that's, and that's by design. Also, uh, middle of a heat wave in San Diego, temperatures through the roof here in the studio. Why? Because we likes it hot. And because turning on the AC would just kill the, 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 the uh, audio quality. So that that's another that's another option. <laughs> we did. We were not very smart. We set the studio up. We ran the air conditioning through the soundboard. Yeah, it's not good. We can't even figure out how we pulled that nope. off. There's basically no chance of that. It's actually, how Spielberg came up with the sound effect for the the rock in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Yep, he just ran an AC unit through a microphone. <laughs> that's true. That's look true. That you can look that yeah. up. No, I happen to know that's not true because and and yeah, you right. uh, no, you nerds listening at home, you can take me to task on this. Mm-hmm. I hope this is true. Oh, we're about some, to get some schooling. Some decade or two ago uh-huh. or more, I read that the way there was some article a long time ago about how they got all those iconic sounds for Indiana Jones. Uh, and the boulder rolling down the hill was achieved by a 1977 Honda Civic station wagon <laughs> with uh, with the emergency brake on uh, and uh, rolling down like this mountain of gravel. With the emergency brake on? With the, so so, the, kind so of the wheels wouldn't roll, yeah. so it would literally have to roll, and it was like loose <laughs> gravel or something. And that was the sound of the boulder rolling down the hill. And I remember that because my very first car was a 1977 Honda Civic Station uh-huh. wagon, and it had a very good emergency brake. What, what, would, it, would you also slide down a gravelly hill, though? Uh, it never happened to me. It was just too sandy in the desert. Ah, okay. Hard to find good gravel. Ah. Boy, I banged up the bottom in of the station Mexico. wagon. Yeah. All right. Oh, see, now we're getting off track. Oh, God. Which We've is never even mentioned what the track which is, was. I mean, this is in a alternate universe. That is an appropriate conversation. That's <laughs> not, not the one we all live in, so we apologize to you. But 
but the the reason Marky phrases it like that is because we're back to talk about Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, finally. The season premiere uh-huh. was uh, about a, it was a week ago. Yeah. Although that was actually the second episode in the season. The, the see, this is oh, this, Rick and Morty is such, like such a weird yep. show. Yeah, and it's on uh, Adult Swim. Uh-huh. Old Cartoon friends Network. of ours here yep. at the show. Uh, so every everything about it is weird and hard to describe. We sat down and said, you know what? Screw it. After dicking off about a 77 Honda Civic station wagon for 20 minutes, <laughs> our goal is to actually try to describe this show to you. Yeah, in the best way we can, which it, it, in the spirit of the show is to just confuse you more. Exactly. Yeah, because this is um, – I have been uh, – well, a little bit of backstory here. We have been – since the very beginning, since the inception of this show, we have been covering Adult Swim. Yeah. They were really our first big guests – you know, going back to the Eagleheart days, yep. remember that? Um, we've covered um, basically everything. Mr. Pickles, yeah, every, uh, Squidbillies. Every year when um, they'd have yep. their new batch of shows come out. Yeah. And this is, uh, I am the resident Adult Swim watcher. Correct. You yourself, as we've covered on the show mm-hmm. numerous times. Yeah. Because every year I try to get you into that and you will watch a show or two and say, hey, this is great. But I never stick. But you know, it yeah. never sticks. You right. never say anything bad. But I correct. I've consistently failed to really engage you on the whacked out concept of the Adult Swim kind of mentality. But something is happening um, with this show particularly. Um, now, one of the reasons why I don't particularly stick with the Adult Swim is because I don't have cable. So there's that issue. So I have to actively go and find clips on YouTube and things like that. Or it's when these nice producers send me some screeners and I, I actually get to watch it. <laughs> but I do travel for my day job. And when I'm in a hotel and, you know, I get I get through with that day's work and I go back to my hotel, I have and cable for that. And that day's day. work takes the money off the dresser and leaves. It does. That day's work is out. <laughs> <laughs> I wipe my tears and blood and I, and I leave. And, um, and so I get to watch cable again. And Adult Swim is usually on when, by the time I'm back in my room. And every time I get the opportunity, if Rick and Morty is on, I am so excited. And then recently, it's now, now it's on Hulu. Yeah. So I didn't know that it was on Hulu until recently. Has it always been on Hulu, or is it a new thing on Hulu? Uh, it, it hasn't always been there, but yeah. it's been there long enough. Well, but it's there, and up. so I've been – I mean, That's I, where I, up until a few weeks ago, would just sparsely kind of catch an episode every now and yeah. then when it showed up on my, hey, you should check this out. It's fantastic. It was something I would yeah. put on in the background while I'm doing something else, like, oh – and that was a mistake. Yeah, because you end up just stopped and parked there. It is either you give it your attention or you don't. Right. Because this is a looks. It is that deceptive Adult Swim thing where yeah. it looks like well, that's uh, the quality of the cartoon looks like I could have drawn that. Yeah. If I had the right program or something on my tablet, etc. That seems so achievable, but the density yeah. of the stories mm-hmm. of the entire this is a science fiction show. Essentially, the fact that it's animated and hilarious almost takes a backseat to that. Yeah, ab- that is absolutely true. And our friends at the Cartoon Network Adult Swim people, they have been such supporters and sponsors of this particular show. And we had the opportunity when Rick and Morty was new to talk with, I believe, Ryan Ridley. 
I think he was the. Is he the one of the creators? Was, uh, there was a chant, and I honestly, I no, swear to God, I thought we talked to him. Justin Royland, that, that's co-creator yeah. with Dan Harmon, who is a, a big name mm-hmm. now in our circles. If you remember him from Community, Absolutely. which I am a devoted fan of, uh-huh. I even got that Yahoo screen app just so I could watch the the, the last season of that. Uh, it was Justin Roiland just before the show was going to come out. And something and happened. And I could have sworn that I talked to him. Well, we can't find the audio. It's kind but of the issue. But I can't yeah. find it. We don't I know. We never were, weren't able. I think we put our ba- our, our eggs in the uh, Mr. Pickles basket. We did that Mr. Pickles. when it came and out. And th- that was, we ended up doing a combo show of Mr. Pickles and Squid and Squidbillies. Squidbillies. Yeah, but, but we didn't. Anyway, so... We are. We have look them up. Just Down like MattyPRadio.com, <laughs> Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Exactly. Go they're ahead, they're out there, um, including episodes about uh, Robot Chicken with Sinreich. That's mm-hmm. a good one. We even talked to Alan Tudyk when he was on Adult Swim doing yep. that that news show. Yeah, um, news readers, news readers, and that's one of the best interviews ever. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, Adult Swim has been there, but we've always had this 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 we've. My, as, as it turns out, my favorite show, we never actually got to cover. And so, like, Quantum Leap style, we're out there to write what once went wrong. And <laughs> I got a chance. I got invited. I asked to be invited. I, I No. I you asked to come. And then, on an invitation, too. <laughs> and I, I really uh, I had the opportunity to attend a roundtable interview with the Rick and Morty people. And so um, I took my little memo recorder. Yeah, my Sony digital yeah. something. Your, your trusty yep. journalist uh, pen and paper of the digital age. Exactly. Um, and I joined another group of journalists. Um, mm-hmm. I'm air quoting. Um, including one guy that was there was from the Huffington Post. And that guy was really fun to talk to. There was two different tracks. It was Dan Harmon, Justin Roiland, Ryan Ridley. Uh, he's he's a voice actor and producer. Justin Roiland is the the main uh, co yeah. he's the co creator. He voices Rick and Morty. Yeah. And then there's Dan Harmon. Kind of gave obviously. himself the juiciest roles there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it it's kind of <laughs> when you know when I'm when I'm finding these these things out, and then you end up watching the show. It's the same thing like when you watch a fucking Family Guy, right? Through large chunks of these episodes. It's just Seth talking to himself yep. for like 15 minutes in three different voices. And then when it's Rick and Morty, through most of the show, it's just him talking yeah. to himself. It's something that in an animated cartoon works really well. Yeah. But if it was like an off-Broadway play, <laughs> it's pretentious be, yeah. as hell. I don't. I know. I know. Then it's all just a fucking Edward Norton movie. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, and on the other table, uh, it was the ladies' table, which was Sarah Chalk and then Spencer Grammer. Um, so... I was at two different roundtables with my uh, cohorts in journalism, and we got to talk with these guys. And so I recorded it. We're going to play it for you here in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, that was at <laughs> – Cohorts in yeah. journalism. That's still ringing with me. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, right? Yeah. 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 Like, uh, like the bad news bloggers. <laughs> oh, I like that better. That's, that's the new name of us. Yeah. <laughs> the bad news bloggers. Uh, but this was – okay, so this was a typical – and I just want to paint a little picture for you guys because – you guys didn't get to go. I was there. Um, yeah, we as journalists try to take it a step further and say we like what's wish it like that you were all right. wearing our press pass at Comic Con. Uh-huh. We want to s- submerge you in the experience VR style, right? Over the radio, yeah. So AR style, audio reality, 
We're gonna and 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 uh, during the break we're gonna go over more of the acronyms with Marquis. E, there you go. I'm making them up going as I forward. Go. All right. So so yeah. Um. You know this is on a Friday. Uh. You know Friday is basically hangover day for me. I mean I'm tired, and I had a hell of a night the night before, losing car keys, losing bag, losing Ooh. phone. I had to get Ooh. a new phone that morning. Like Ooh. there's a whole long story here that one day. Hopefully the, nobody ever the hears dark side or of puts Comic-Con. together. Uh, it was a great time. Comic-Con delivered again and again and again. But Friday is always kind of a take it back a day, you know, take it back a step because you're usually kind of wounded there. Um, and uh, the my only goal that whole day was to make this roundtable. And, um, you know... You you know you you kind of get checked in and you go in there and there's the little backdrop and everybody's taking pictures of the stars that are coming in for this thing right. and, you know it's, little backdrop is being like the, the it's red the, carpet thing yeah. where everybody gets their pictures with all the logos the, all the all the, the Comic Con logos right, right. Yeah. yeah and I you know I got some pictures but oh you know uh, I'm not really known for my photography so you guys will see some of the pictures that I took obviously check out MattyBRadio.com MattyBRadio.com jot it down you're gonna want it uh, you're you're always curious um, in how these people on TV are gonna look in real life so you know Sarah Chalk was always I, that's the one that I I watched her a lot you know for years on Scrubs and she was on uh, the uh, Roseanne show for a little while um, off and on off and on yeah oddly uh, <laughs> um, but Everybody at these roundtables, and you, you guys are going to hear them here in a second, everybody was awesome. Everybody, um, the, the best thing you can do when you're at these roundtables, a little bit of insight is all you got to do is just chuck up a softball and you let them go. Yeah. You know, like you don't, you don't want to dominate the conversation. Nobody's there to hear you, you know, and if somebody else has a good question, let them answer that question. Don't, you know, it's not a yeah. contest. It's, it's this weird uh, middle ground uh, in it's it's like the Charlie Rose show. If anyone's ever seen that on on PBS, it's a dark room, a round table. Yep. But Charlie Rose very smartly doesn't invite any other. And he turns all the other lights off. People, <laughs> yeah. people to come in there, and it's quiet elsewhere. This is different. This is a big, like uh, not a ballroom, but a large. It, it's it's basically a crowded room. It's it should be larger. It's a quarter of a ballroom, literally. Yeah. They, you know, they just put the freaking big ass sound wall there. Yeah. So you're in this little corner, of but this you are literally feet away from another round table Correct. where other people gonna, are shouting mm-hmm. other questions at other stars, writers, creators, yep. etc. So what you are just trying to capture is the little bubble where a bunch of other people get to ask questions, mm-hmm. and it's a. You know, it's a gentlemanly agreement Absolutely. that everyone will be civil about it. Absolutely. And uh, it's, and then mostly everybody there is just trying to get the stars to just start talking. Exactly. You don't you just want to wind them up. You're not trying to break a story. You're no. not trying to say, all right, this is this is it. We're going to get all the details on how Game of Thrones ends or something. <laughs> yeah. This is just like how you uh, encourage a conversation and then five or six or seven or eight people get to record it and use it. Yeah, and most of them are there, like, writing this up for blogs and stuff. You know, it's very rare. Now, it's a lot easier um, that way. If you, you guys, say, when asked about. Correct. I'm sure so a lot of these things, and I have been in other people's uh, videos before, mm-hmm. you know, at their, at the same roundtable where they'll, like, record it and they'll put it on YouTube or something. So you guys can see these. They're they're out there. Um, and you can kind of see what I'm t- I don't remember if anybody was doing video at this one. 
Uh, you never actually, know you these never know. days. But um, but anyway, you guys, seriously, this was this was just this was a great opportunity. I finally got to talk to these guys. Um, uh, there wasn't. You're right. There wasn't a lot of scoops. Nothing. Nothing like that. And if you're if you're at a really good table, the interviewees interview each other sometimes. Yeah. You know, they just kind and of I, start and I think and, these uh, these. This first roundtable you did before mm-hmm. moving on to the next one with uh, Sarah Chalk and uh, uh, Spencer Grammer. Spencer Grammer yeah. uh, is a great example of that. Yep. And you get to see the you know kind of the dynamics between the two of them, how they probably work on the show. It's yep. just and they discuss what they love about the show. What so they basically, like about the process. how you yeah. just kind of get them to start talking to you, just openly spill stuff out. It's not Frost Nixon, but it's a lot of fun, and I think we made them wait long enough. Here, let's, play let's do a little bit of Sarah Chalk, everybody, and Spencer Grammar, and Spencer Grammar, Magic Interview Machine. You know who I'm talking about, right? season for Beth. I mean, she gets, you know, we get to dive in a little bit in, in one episode and see a little bit of insight into her childhood. Um, we, we see a little more about her relationship with Rick. Um, and uh, another cool thing about season three is there's a lot of pairings that we haven't seen before, like characters and relationships that haven't gotten to um, be explored yet to be. Do you guys have a favorite line? I mean, I just always say, like, keep summer safe. <laughs> That's my favorite. I mean, and, and there was, I mean, like, I, I mean, I always obviously, like, love the things that I do because I'm an actress. <laughs> so, I mean, I love the DMX thing with, like, uh, the Mr. Needful episode in season one where, like, we go and we beat him, beat up the devil, basically, who's Alfred yeah. Molina. Like, I just, like, love that. But I also really love Chris Parnell's whole thing where, he lives like the life he always dreamed of. I don't know what was the name of that episode, where he, where it's the Meeseeks episode. Yes, I'm not even yes. in that episode, and he like is like an absolute. He's like selling it's, it's the best. It's, it's like best. his performance in that episode is the fucking best. It's yeah, I, I know his line reads are crazy. I wish he could be here. I know. Today, he's like, they're like one of my favorite lines and line reads is when I'm yelling at <laughs> in um. We're on, you know, Planet Swatch for the wedding, and I'm, you know, yelling and saying, don't fuck this up for me. It's my one chance to be in this part of my dad's life. And I'm like, go stand over there, look at the wall, don't talk to anybody. He's like, well, maybe I just will. <laughs> 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 but one of my favorite okay. lines of all time is, you know, I'm not going to get it exactly quoted perfectly, but if life is, life is completely meaningless, so come watch TV. <laughs> True. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen any summers yet, but I I just got here at like 7 a.m. this morning. <laughs> she flew out to show another show in New Mexico. Yeah. So I just got here, but I'm sure there'll be some summer somewhere because people always tag me in their like summer improv, you know, like no on their Instagrams, and I'm like, yes, That's amazing. Awesome. Or people will meet me and they'll tell me like. You kind of look like Summer. She's really hot. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. That is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. so nice. Unlike me, who I got a tweet that was like, at Sarah Chalk, finally found the best medium for her looks, hashtag animation. I was like, I just think that's a compliment. Let's go, let's like troll her. Let's go troll her later. Okay, we'll go to that boat party and troll her. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, <laughs> I've not seen any best yet. I did see one yeah. last year. We've seen a lot. You see a, you see a, a lot, lot of bricks and a lot of Mr. Boobie And me speaks. Yeah, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of me speaks. Me speaks and bricks are the and top. Rick, yeah. They're probably like the most fun to dress up as too. Yeah. You know, because like Rick has that like blue hair and a lab coat. Like that's yeah. just. And it's simple. Yeah. It's like an easy cosplay. Yeah. You know? Last year I had an eight-week-old here, and I, I, I was like, trying to get on the train just to make the train, and I was, like, getting in the car to go to the train, and I was like, Rick and Morty onesie! And I, like, sprinted back inside, got one of my Rick and Morty t-shirts, a tiny onesie, some scissors, some needles and thread, which obviously I don't know how to use, and so then I got on the train, and I'm, like, trying to darn a tiny Rick and Morty onesie. <laughs> so my eight-week-old was in, like, the tiniest Rick and Morty onesie you've ever seen. It was He was, like, this big, and the onesie was, like, this big. Yeah. Yeah. Eight weeks old. I know. Yeah. She's kind of my hero. I mean, it was a pretty baller move. Yeah, it was a baller move. Everyone's like, you can't take an eight-week-old to Comic-Con. Yeah. You can. You can if you're doing Rick and Morty. Yeah. I should have dressed her as, like, a... A tiny, a tiny red. Tiny, tiny, Totally. You put the hat on and you will like it. It's big, you know. It's like, what is happening? And I think Beth would come as, I want to say bird person, but I don't know if that's allowed because that is, it's a show within a show, but it's still a different, yeah. it's off planet. So, yeah. I mean, I think, that's who, I think I'm saying that because that's who like, I would like to that's come out. That's totally what Summer would come out. You know, yeah. just like, yeah. I mean, feathers everywhere. I think that costume would be awesome. Yeah. 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 You guys are recording. Do you guys get the pitch jokes? you guys ad-lib at all? Or you guys um, sometimes. I mean, a lot of the time I like stick to it, but if, like, if it's something that I wouldn't normally say in my own personal vernacular, then I kind of change it a little bit. But most of the time we pretty much stick to it. And there's there's just opportunities so and there's opportunities though where you'll get to like sing a song or like do something yeah. where you can add a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. Like well, Justin's like, always there too. Right. So he's always there and Dan's often there and they're throwing ideas yeah. at you and they always are like either you can get it as it's on the page, try something different. But the scripts are so tight that like it often is we do it exactly as written and then and then we can you know like Spencer's thing like there's times where like you're either you're singing a song or you're you're doing you know your character is in a different dimension or is, you know, giant, giant summer or giant fest or Cronenberg summer or Cronenberg fest or, you know, drunk fest or, um, you know, times where you get to just, what was the other one? There was one Over other sexual one. best. Oh, the, Over oh, sexual <laughs> There's one we know where in the episode where Jerry and Beth go off planet for couples counseling. And oh, I loved that episode. see Beth as Jerry sees her and see Jerry. Beth so good. You know, we got to try. Like, there's a few opportunities. so hilarious. One of my favorite episodes. That was one of my favorite. I love doing that. It's so fun. <laughs> They're codependent. <laughs> she sees Jerry as like a little tiny worm. Like a tiny little worm. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, can yeah. you well, just uh, touch on your process, like when you were on Scrubs, or like when you would get a script, and how does it compare to now when you're just a voice? It's so different. I mean, when you take out that element of worrying about what anything else in your body is doing and the blocking or anything, and it's just your voice, it's so liberating in a way because, you know, if you want to try something different, on Scrubs, you ask for another take, you're asking a hundred people to do that take with you because there's a whole crew who will be doing that for the next five minutes with you, As whereas when you're doing a voice, like you you can try it ten different ways in a minute and just, it's so, there's something very freeing I found about that. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about what your face does. Yeah. Like your body, when you're working on camera, there's a lot more 
just more control over your body and your yeah. movements and, the, and your weird idiosyncrasies. Yeah. But when you get to work on without the camera and you get to use your voice, you can, like I'm doing right now, you should like move around. Apart from making too much body noise, you kind of have to like keep your feet yes, planted. Yeah, I learned quickly not to wear the hoodie with the Yeah, don't do any zippy things because that like ruins your take. But yeah. if you can just do it, yeah, it's the best. It is. I mean, I'm sure if you had like a video camera videoing some of the voices, like you're, I mean, it would be really embarrassing. You'd see us making the craziest faces. Yeah. Well, because and if you're, you know, if you're if you're trying to get a breath because you're sprinting, if you're screaming yeah. or whatever, you're trying to visualize mm -hmm. the aliens that are coming at you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it sometimes yeah. looks. You jump up and sure. down, yeah, and you do like running in place and like yeah, yeah all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, so fun. I know it would be really fun if we could all like I'll try to make them make let us record an episode together once. Can we do that one time? We record all separately. And it would be so fun if we could just yeah. be all in the same room at and the same time. Episode. Yeah. Okay, well, season four. We're, We're going to push it. for that, guys. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> just to see. It might be terrible, but, like, we try. We try. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, wait, another one. All right, hi. <laughs> That's it. Okay. On it this is the jab now, guys. Thank you guys so much for yeah. coming all this way. And I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just one trying. mean person. Keep going in the world here, guys. God. Oh, I know. Keep, I need people all the time. What grade do you teach? Senior. That's yeah, so they're all seniors. So I'm yeah. Canadian, so that's grade nine. <laughs> You're like, I think AP, so they're Oh, I've been. Oh, it's Strawberry Smiggles? Yes, that's uh, right out of one of the interdimensional cable episodes of <laughs> Rick and Morty. Uh, real fans will know it. And and here, please, I would love to delve into kind of, let's let's do what we set out to do and at least attempt to describe the show. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's basically Doc so Brown. layers it's, here. It's, it's a Doc Brown kind of character, mad scientist fatherly figure yeah well not yeah you know, it's, it's not real fatherly even doc brown in back to the future wasn't that fatherly it's kind of but but there is between rick who is the 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 kid no, no rick, i mean rick, rick is the grandpa rick is the grandfather he's the older the scientist scientist mm -hmm. smartest man 
in the universe, in several alternate universes, Correct. in fact, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, and then Morty is his teenage son. Kind of a nitwit. Who is, he is just taking along. The show actually does, I don't want to put out a bunch of spoilers, but the show does explain why he kind of needs Morty. Uh-huh. And in, like, the the whole <laughs> tapestry of the Rick and Morty verse, it makes a lot of sense, but it's also kind of like a throwaway gag. That he's it just needed? kind of services this one story that they're doing. They explain uh-huh. why he has to have a Morty, uh, and then they don't necessarily go back to it because I think they're, the bond is supposed to be so great. And that's why the show is called Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even though there's a full cast of characters that are yeah, that there all, is, and they live within yeah. a family, which yeah. is one kind of difference from Back to the Future, which is really creepy because we have no idea why Morty or no, uh, Marty Marty in around. Back to the Future yeah. was hanging out with Doc Brown. Doc Brown, yep. that just uh, and it's one of those things you shouldn't overthink. You'll just ruin <laughs> an otherwise great well, you movie should, for well, yourself. That, and that's you know if you if you overthink Back to the Future. You know, when they start hopping back and forth in time and they start changing timelines and, I mean, there it, are it can, you, you, maybe you can some trip. inconsistencies. There's Not a lot of tripwires there, right? Yeah. Um, but they actually navigate around pretty well. And if we just look at the original Back to the Future, they handle that kind of, you know, the whole temporal paradox thing. Yeah. All the science behind it feels right enough. Yeah, and, even if they were talking in gigawatts. Well, and it's funny that that you even that you uh, mentioned that because. At Comic-Con this year, uh, and it actually happened, I think, after the roundtable and after the Rick and Morty panel uh, was... Because, of course, there's a Rick and Morty panel. Of course there is. The show is so huge now, just barely, slowly getting into its third season about four years after it premiered. It is getting to be a big thing. I've been been hearing... To the point where it's a guaranteed panel. um, The uh, Rick and Morty crew were on one of the final episodes of At Midnight. Uh, you know the uh, Chris Hardwick, you know show. Yeah, they're going to end for some reason. Even though it's one of the only shows that I really like, can't wait for the next day for it to drop on the Comedy Central app, and I watch it. I really like that show. Sorry, I'm sorry to see it go. Um, but they had the panel, and um, Chris was constantly saying how this was the best show. Uh, th- this is the best cartoon. No, yeah. the best show ever done. I mean these. Uh, a lot of believe, superlatives being exactly. thrown around by I people. I believe on Chris Hardwick might be considered a source, exactly, a, a an expert uh-huh. on a nerdist in yeah, this sort of thing that a pop uh, culture in this murky, wonderful area that we try to cover as well. Yeah. So that that comes with a certain added weight. But and and and, and even you. and even like the like gruff older school of comedy, Mark Marin. Had some guests on recently. I have heard him in a couple of his interviews where Rick and Morty has come up, mm. and it's nothing but praise for this show, right? So yes, of course they're going to have a panel at at, at Comic Con. Yeah, but 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 what you don't—it's at that level. It's a guaranteed thing. Mm-hmm. But then what else? Do but they have? right, what you don't expect is that actually on that Saturday, I believe I did not get a chance to attend it, but. They actually have a, like, uh, it was something to the effect of the science behind Rick and Morty. Yeah. And they had some, like, physicists because and shit. that's yeah. a real enough thing <laughs> where you could bring physicists in. They, it, even though it is a comedy, it has been called by at least one critic 
whose name escapes me. <laughs> and they're, they're quite a source, source, buddy. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So as weak as it is, but someone did call it the best science yeah. fiction show or the smartest science fiction show on TV right now. And from from what I've been able and, and there I, is a general dearth of good sci fi right now. It's getting better. This is the smartest because of how they play with believable enough science and then they make it digestible in that Neil deGrasse Tyson kind of that, way. I was about to I was about to I was about to say something similar in that the the whole you know, if we're gonna explain this this show mm-hmm. is that they basically tag onto a nugget of um, highly believable or highly plausible science, very complex, you know, very, you know, very high level science. Which, and I'm assuming that this panel would would help you either discern the difference between the real science in the show and not, or perhaps they even said, no, it's all real science. We're all consultants or something on the show. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, that's what, that's that's my understanding of it. As a viewer, I just love to enjoy it. Mm Mm-hmm. But the fact that it engages that higher mental level. Mm. But but what you know again in the uh, with the goal of trying to explain the show, they are uh, you know every single episode they 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 take this concept, and that's very complicated, and then they just run with it. Right, it kind of mm. flies off the handle, and it really tests the boundaries of that scientific theory. Right, it really puts the pressure on it to hold. Yeah, and you know, and of course, in the framework of its own show, which has its own hilarious character dynamics, where each character has to be true to themselves. Right, and then they say, "All right, well, here's uh, an episode that's basically half parody of Planet of the Apes, <laughs> no parody of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy." Yeah, and then you know, to to run it through that and make it so enjoyable means they are doing it with a level of simplicity that is then shaded with these incredibly complex ideas. Yeah. It's very difficult I, and to do right. Um, and, you know, I think Douglas Adams is a, is a pretty apt if for the super nerds out there like myself, like the Douglas Adams, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Dirk Gently's, uh-huh. all the – they back then he really explored that, how to make it accessible – and hilarious yeah. and fun, been fun. Yeah, yeah, fun and funny. You know, mm-hmm. and you know they they obviously have because it's on the Adult Swim channel and no kids are supposed to be in the pool. Yep. You know, like they can really press the boundaries. They press. They are constantly pressing the limits of what you can show on TV, mm-hmm. what you can get away with, mm-hmm. and just those things as a concept. They're they're kind of willing to go into the head a little bit. Yeah, yeah. In fact, and I would e- I would even go so far as to argue one of the things that kind of quietly works behind the scenes in the in Rick and Morty is the fact that Rick, the smartest person in the world in the multiverse, etc., is basically amoral. So <laughs> yeah. it kind it's a framework to talk about because there's a lot of morality questions when you talk about science the future science fiction etc where uh, is it going to be a star trek world where everyone is accepted and inclusive and there's no money and it's some kind of perfect capitalist communist society or is it going to be terminator <laughs> yeah well and then after you figure that out you're going to spend the next 20 minutes trying to figure that out mm. and then they get to just wipe it all away Yep. It's a new episode next week. It's a new dimension. You know, that's kind of how they're treating it, right? That's my understanding of it. Well, so far. it's it's an easy way to do it. I mean, and as animated shows, especially in primetime, been doing The Simpsons has hundreds of jokes about how 
they just get to start every week yeah. fresh and nobody ages or change. Yes. Family Guy has plenty of uh, jokes about that. But Rick and Morty found like scientific ways to make that work. And I don't care. Here's a spoiler alert, but I'm still going to say it. I mean, they, after like the fifth episode of the very first season, they screwed up their world so bad that at the end of the show, they had to jump to an alternate, you know, parallel universe where yeah. things are almost exactly the same. And except that the Rick and Morty in that universe accidentally died. Yeah. So and everything was fixed. So yeah. they just left abandoned this world that, that they, they screwed, screwed up, up yeah. for a new one. Yeah. And then So anytime they have to I think there's even a little gag when they drop that premise in that episode where he's like, But you know, you can't do it much. I you know, I think we got four or five yeah. total coming to us. <laughs> so Writer, so they've no, already they got become like four, so yeah, entertainment yeah. meta where they're like, all right, I promise we'll only do this a few times. Yeah. And but that's something that it just adds to the mythology of the show is that it exists in a in an alternate universe or it exists in our universe and it started in an alternate universe or it has been in two different alternate universes and it's not in ours. And it's just it seems stupid. But if you watch a few episodes and get into that mind frame, the honest to God truth is I took enough freshman level philosophy classes. That is the one basic question you start with in philosophy. Is any of this real? Uh -huh. And well, does I don't it, know. It, well, it, does it's it, not afraid to play around with that. And that, it, I think, is part of its secret formula. Does it count ultimately? Like, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you could just go go to another dimension and replace dead versions of yourself at exactly the same moment that you left. Does it devalue? Does it devalue your experiences going forward? Yeah. Because this is not really where you are uh, yeah. or where you were. If you had Rick and Morty rules <laughs> in Game of Thrones, you could have just kept restructuring. Yeah, the whole time. So yeah. it's a season half long. It's like, uh, and, it's like and, fucking, and uh, Stark it's like Groundhog Day. got everything under control. It's like, uh, it's like the whole Bill Murray in uh, uh, Groundhog Day. Yeah. Right? Like you get to go back fix it, move it a little bit to the right, to the left, or whatever. And at the end of at the end of the day, you know how to play the piano and you finally get the girl. Like, you know, does it count? Does it count? That's not really you at that point. Or and is the it? fact that we're even mentioning it, the fact that it matters one iota that you even thought watching this show, oh wait, does that mean it's not in the dimension I'm in? Yeah. Means the show's already tricked you. It's a stupid cartoon. I know. <laughs> there is no reason for you to think about it because any show, especially a cartoon, you go into, you automatically say, well, this isn't my world. Yeah. So the fact that it once made you question, oh, I wonder if this is not my world, that means the show is just the show it is blown past yeah. every logical yep. barrier, and it still has you hooked. It's Like I well, said, it is different and hard to explain, but that is probably the closest I can you know, uh, bump my, it around in the dark, get to explaining it. My one question that I got to ask the ladies um, was, it was basically, you know, what's the, what's the difference between preparing for a live action show and a, and a cartoon? And, you know, uh, Sarah uh, Chalk had a great answer for that. Well, they actually both did. We're way past that point where animation is playing second fiddle. To live action stuff, you know, like like all these cartoons, it's almost like there, there needs to be a better word for it than a cartoon, mm -hmm. you know, because like it kind of makes it look like it's like it's kid stuff, like a Saturday morning serial stuff. 
Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, Mike Tyson's doing a cartoon. Um, everybody it's not, is doing... It's not even like a super believable animation. But for the record, yeah. the animation in the Mike Tyson show... It's very good. It looks much more realistic than the animation in Rick and Morty. Yeah. And Rick and Morty blowing up the world. Here, I know. Here, it's the right. This is... I'm a, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. But this is how you know a show is actually a bona fide hit with people who have some kind of purchase, some kind of urgency in in how they decide to view television. Your most dedicated demographic, basically. I have a friend, let's say, who has one of those hacked Amazon Fire Sticks. Uh-huh. And uh, when... And if you go into the animation subcategory and you just open that up, Rick and Morty is the number one. It is always the very first option before The Simpsons, before oh. Family Guy, before Bob's Burgers, before any anime. Yep. And the way that is calculated, I think, I don't know for sure, but it seems to me it probably is, is the more it is actually searched for and viewed, it moves up the list. Which means people who go out of yep. their way to find exactly what they want. They don't just wait for Netflix to make yep. a recommendation. Yep. These are people who are willing to go above the law, as, Mike, the law. as Michael Knight yeah. Yeah. might fight them and make their decision. Rick and Morty is number one, undisputed. And this was even before the well before the premiere. I think I noticed yeah. this a few months ago, after, well over a year after the last new well, episode I've, aired. I've I've felt this kind of build up to it, you know, and I I did come to it a little late, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. But I got to it on my own. I came across it, like I said, in those in those lonely hotel yep. rooms, you know, and I, I just there is just this immediate attraction to it. And the fact that there's these famous, you know, Sarah Chalk, again, has been in two, you know, Emmy-nominated or Emmy-winning popular TV shows yep. already. Um, she's a fine actress. You know, she can do anything she wanted. And she's in this show. And it's not at all ridiculous. It's not at all a negative on her career. She's crushing it. She's smart to take it, obviously. Yep. And there's all, you know, and they got Chris everybody. Parnell Chris on, Parnell, Saturday Live fame. Saturday Night you know, Live fame, Archer fame. Archer fame. Yeah, if I mean, you're in animation, not, you know fucking Chris Parnell. Absolutely. And every big movie star wants to be, you know, Eddie Murphy's got the stupid donkey in Shrek. You know, yep. Steve Carell's got the, the oh, Despicable Me guy. Despicable dude, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, everybody wants a cartoon voice. Yeah. Everybody wants this. Lots of money, easy work. Fine, you know, whatever. But, you know, if I can be a little protective of it, you know, uh, sometimes we want real artists here. We don't yeah. want somebody just trying to be the next doll, you know, or toy, or yeah. action figure. Sorry, collectors. <laughs> but, but yeah, so this is something that, that, that we take very seriously. We're glad that it's out there, and it's, it's just completely dominating the kind of critical, you know, state of mind. You know, like yeah. everybody's on to this. It's not and just this is, me, it's not and just this you. is and it feels very at home mm -hmm. on Cartoon Network with the Adult Swim block, uh, and they've done a, like I said earlier. We ended up doing a more Mr. Pickles focus show yeah. a few years ago yeah. when Rick and Morty was coming out. Uh, I think we had seen a couple episodes where like this is weird. This yeah. is, shares a lot of themes, and it was extreme. But it just something was missing apparently that I don't feel like it was missing. I thought that was a good show. I wanted to keep watching it. 
It did not engage the general public, though. Right. Rick and Morty has done that and more. Yeah. So it's very difficult to figure out what the it's secret sauce is. It's a hit, man. It's a hit. But we've hit. just done our damn best to break it down yeah. for you. And if we can't do that, well, surely the creators uh, and, uh, <laughs> and one of the producers and writers and can't do it. And the voices. But let's give yeah. them a shot at it anyway. Again, let's return to the uh, Comic Con 2017 the warm, colorful, festive Comic Con halls in San Diego Community Center. <laughs> no, in, uh, we're no actually, out in Lemon Grove. I think what you meant was the convention outside center. on the converted uh, no, basketball we court. Actually, after the uh, kids this was actually at the Bayfront uh, Hilton. Oh, it was they, in one of the are they holding it downtown now? No, the Bayfront. So yes, Comic Con is like we've like we've covered many times. It's grown like crazy. So a lot of the press rooms and stuff are at the Hilton Bayfront. So that's where I was. It involves a very long walk along a very hot day. You usually get there and you're sweaty, you know. Um, and I can tell you this right now. Um, I don't remember if it was Ryan or Justin, uh, but one of them had a flask. That they it was in their pockets when they sat down. They, they kind of sat on their flask and they took it out and they put it just right in front of their microphone or right right in front of whatever. <laughs> and uh, it's it's rock star weekend. I know, and I'm like, for, it's, like it's not just me. Guys. You know, like yeah. these guys are you know these guys are tired. They're traveling, yeah. as we heard from Spencer Grammer earlier. Uh, you know, Marty, she, of she course, smartly there. had just a, uh, a, a he took the bag out of a, uh, a box of wine, strapped it to <laughs> yeah. his inner thigh with a hose. Yeah. Didn't have to worry about no flask like these rookies. But yeah, no, I had just a, you know, I had my regular uh, two liter of Coke, I think, filled with rum. I think that's what it was. Um, but yeah, so th- this was this was uh, this is just, I'm just trying to set the scene for you guys. All right. This, it, it takes a long walk along a hot day. Stepping over everybody waiting for Hall H. Oh, poor souls. <laughs> I did. I bought an ice cream sandwich on the way. I remember this because the, you know, a bunch of those like Mexican guys are paletas, paletas. They were like selling them, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, I bought an ice cream sandwich. Smart it was it was fantastic. It was awesome. By the way, today is National Sam- uh, Ice Cream Sandwich Day. So congratulations today. So happy uh, t- today on Thursday that we're recording this. Ah. So uh, yes. Uh, well, happy. happy Ice cream, ice cream sandwich, sandwich day. to you. Um, Man, there have been a lot of these food days lately. They I'm, do that. I, it is burning me out. I know. It's all a marketing scam. But, yeah, please, uh, Dan Harmon, Justin Roiland, uh, Ryan Adams? No. Ryan uh, – yeah, what's his name? Brian Adams. Brian Adams. No. Summer of 69. <laughs> Play this stupid interview. <laughs> you heard a magic interview machine. Up. I'm gonna need like a coffee or something. I think that can be arranged. Maybe not a coffee. Is, is, is this your uh, first day here? Um, my first full day, yeah. Good lord, I got a lot of texts. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how many I got. Alright. None. I have 53 uh-huh. unread. Uh, no. A litany of people. See. I want to get out of here. I want to no, you know what? In fact, no. Why? Because you, would, you wouldn't show me yours. You'd, you'd I'd gladly show you my text. Yeah, right. They're pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I haven't seen that. Right now, did that, right? Yeah, well, he did one. I heard it was good. 
Well, they probably the goal of that show is to prove Einstein was an asshole or something, right? Because <laughs> Einstein already taught you. <laughs> Trying to show what, why he designed it. Right. Whereas I learned a lot from the show, and, and I, most of it, my wife doesn't. I introduced my 14 year old daughter to it, so my, I learned my wife doesn't respect my parenting. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Wow. So you guys are leaving for it to, for the, to get out? Or yeah. 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 Excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super excited. Yeah, we're still, we're, we're in that interesting spot where we're, we're about to premiere, but we're still posting. So it's going to, it's like the amount of time that we have to lock episodes is going to get shorter and shorter and shorter as we get to the last four. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 really exciting that it's finally going to be out in the world, and uh, I think it's a I think it's a pretty dang good season. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. We, we we did not, I mean, that was a joke that we could have never anticipated would be a, I mean, I, I, I certainly didn't think it would be like a thing, you know what I mean? Like, I just thought it would be, I, I don't know, I thought there's so many other things in that episode that I would assume would have been like a thing, uh, than, more than the Szechuan sauce. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 um, uh, I had heard that they they had a limited batch of it at the uh, Winter Olympics in Canada back in 2000. I don't know when this was. 2008, maybe. You could look it up. Whenever the Winter Olympics in Canada was, and um, I, I called every McDonald's in LA. They didn't know what I was talking about. I went online to see if I could, if maybe people were posting it on eBay, no, um, I tried to, I tried to maybe, I, 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 I might have even gone so far as to try to connect with people in Canada to see if they could get me some and mail it to me, and that failed, I didn't have the reach that I, that I do now, um, I didn't know anyone, I was a hermit, and I still am kind of, agoraphobic, social anxiety, uh, the whole bag, but, uh, what do you got, but, that was one example of me thinking about that sauce, doing whatever I could to try to taste it again. And then these guys have been hearing me talk about it for years. And uh, and then yeah, it just it, it, it that, that kind of stuff finds its way into the show sometimes, where it's like, okay, this is a real thing. And it's almost like part kind of making fun of me, <laughs> sort of right, like a little bit of that, like no. <laughs> Yeah, no, they're they're sending me a jug of it, and um, and I'm going and like we just talked about, I'm going I'm going to try it. I'm gonna make sure that John is filming. I think we should get together and like actually, I would love to. I want to see your reaction. Right. You're disappointed, like that would be, this. Yeah, no. And I'll, I'll and maybe I'll be like, oh my god. John, run out and get me 50 more McNuggets. I don't know what's gonna happen. I think it's adorable because Rick is such a brilliant asshole who knows everything is one step ahead and, and, and better than everybody and all that. And to see him genuinely passionate about the mundane things he, he's passionate about, that's what that's what makes those moments work, right? Yeah, we, we so got we got we got like your typical like like sort of like logical question of like, well if Rick can uh, 
create a, a cognition amplifier in, in the span of two seconds for a dog then turns him sentient and or whatever, hyper-intelligent, and if he can make a portal gun and blah, 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 why couldn't he just make the Szechuan sauce that he wants to And the answer to that is you can't fucking make that sauce. Uh, there's a, it's impossible. There was a, the last season. And also, it needs to come in a little cup and, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. Here's a little trivia. Here's a little trivia. Remember yeah. this? Remember exactly. this? Last season, the episode that was the uh, the, the uh, microverse one where they go into the the different worlds. That originally was conceived as uh, Rick had this whole civilization he had in his lab that he developed and, you know, planets and galaxies and civilizations and he would liquefy it down into the Szechuan sauce because it was the only way you could make the Szechuan sauce by having a civilization <laughs> Is that created. really true? Yes. We were going to do that? Yes. That I don't remember that. Idea. That's insane. But the Szechuan sauce kind of got separated out from that idea, found its way into 301. Do you remember that? I remember that that it was going to be Szechuan sauce. Yeah, the, that's not Szechuan sauce, but yeah, some kind of some, like some kind chocolate. of delicious dipping sauce. Like okay, okay. So way to go, Ridley. And I think he's misremembering, but all right. Well, hey. misremembering. Memories are faulty. Yeah. Um, Morty only if so. I tend to like I, I run into a problem where I can lose the lose the sort of Morty voice like like there's a sort of if my voice is hoarse or if I've been out drinking which I don't do a lot uh, at loud bars which I've, I I actually avoid now I'll ask my friends like hey hey come out come out tonight I'll be okay two questions am I gonna have to scream in your ear to communicate with you if that's a no then I'll second question uh, is it far away from my house. But but like um but yeah like the Morty voice is rough. If if I if I do a ton of Rick screaming like that'll eat into the Morty voice. Yeah, I mean like even today it's kind of been a little rough, rusty. I feel like uh, like oh jeez oh man the Morty voice is a little rusty today. Maybe it's all right. I don't know. I think it was this morning really bad. Maybe maybe enough. I've been awake long enough that it's it's kind of. But but Rick's easy. I can do Rick anytime because it's just like, ugh, gruff, whatever. My voice could be shredded and I could still do Rick. The voice inspired Oh, yeah. I mean, totally like uh, uh, Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Like, just a really shitty, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The original, original, like. Not from a legal standpoint. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think we are, and I'm probably on the floor in line for whatever Lego exclusive uh, they've got this year, uh, and my car is filled with other stuff I don't need. Definitely all of my alternate selves braid through this bead, because whether it's through the costume I have to design or the show I get to run or anything like I yeah this is the place where I get something I desperately need um, like I, I love coming here I, I, I've been coming here since the days when I was selling comic books um, and hoping that people would just buy them and, and then watched over the ages Comic-Con go from being a place where fat nerds could sit on the floor and look at what they bought to the time now when Bruce Willis is publicist little cattle project for sitting on the floor and I'm I'm the Bruce Willis but if I may say so myself I, but 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 
throughout all of that, like I, I, this is like my Christmas. Like I don't really care that much about Christmas. Like I, I like coming to the place where publicists walk me around and drive me in SUVs from hotel to hotel and have a bunch of people ask me. So what's it like to write brilliantly? <laughs> and that doesn't happen at uh, Cannes or uh, anywhere else because I'm a I'm a very specific, very uh, targeted uh, creator. Yeah. Uh, uh, sliders, Farscape, uh, all the classics. Yeah. It's funny. I just started watching it. I forgot all about it, and I started watching it like uh, about three months ago, and I was like, "Holy shit! You gotta watch the pilot episode, dude, because it's." Lit. I watched. I tried to watch Farscape. No, 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 no. Sliders. Oh, sliders. Sliders. Okay. Yeah, watch the pilot episode because it's just it's literally. Here's the thing I want to say to America. Yeah. If, if your pitch of me, for me watching your favorite show is uh, the first two seasons aren't that good, you gotta <laughs> give it a chance. All right, I can't. I, I got, said I the got first shit to do. I said the first. I said you gotta muscle through the first five episodes. The first two seasons? No, the first a, five episodes. Of a regular person's TV show would be <laughs> the amount of time that person would he, need to learn how to he, run a TV You know show. what? You're lost because Farscape is incredible. And if you just get, it's like The Wire. I tried to watch The Wire, and the same thing. I was like, I can't. I know you gotta skip the Stevedore season. Hypocrite! <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that. You hypocrite! No, no, but Sliders, watch the first one. I'm telling you, it's trippy. Like, they no, do, I want to watch do the whole, They do the whole thing that we do that we did in the first episode. Uh, I, also, on my li- you're talking about a list. Where Atlanta is at the top. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I know, it. I know. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> Atlanta. To watch Atlanta. There's so many freaking shows on my back. Then I gotta watch Glow. Then I gotta watch Love. Then Mr. I gotta, Robot. I gotta watch. I, I gotta watch seen that yet. Some seasons of Mr. Robot. Yeah. Yet. I mean. What's a what's an old fat piece of shit? American Horror Story. Haven't seen that one yet. Colony. Starring Josh Holloway. The Dome. You guys familiar? Underrated show. Don't even I know what that is, but yeah. of intervention. I just like... Oh, God, that show's too yeah. fucking brutal for me to watch. Yeah. 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 Watch um, Colony. Promo that you guys dropped. Were you guys... You guys look at other otters, artists, or was that you guys... Oh, you mean that crazy, like, exquisite court? So, so that that's another example of Adult Swim just doing crazy awesome shit. Like, we, we, um... I was told like, hey, we need we need bookends, and I I very hastily threw together these little bookends that I think I could have. The fucking punchline is horrible, and I hate myself for it because I didn't know what it was. I I, I didn't understand no, what was happening. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I I I don't know. Don't, Whatever. Don't, I'm beating myself up. But don't don't Dan Harmon it. Okay. Well, in, in any case, be, be, be uh, I didn't know what it was, and then and then it came back, and it was just like, yeah, it was all these incredible animators who all got a little chunk to just right. do whatever they wanted to do, and. Yeah, I mean, we were just blown away by it. I mean, absolutely blown away, and and we and truly didn't even know what it was until we saw it, and we That's were like really intimidating yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Like, awesome. You certainly had a network, and you and you you have the luxury of blaming all your problems on. Oh, they don't understand the show. They don't uh, promote it enough. They don't pick the right type spot, and then there is. It, it, it adult Swim with Rick and Morty, it's a, it's like a weird, be careful what you wish for thing. It's like, well, how would you like a dad who was like Pippi Longstocking, who says, you get ice cream for breakfast, and also I know exactly what flavor you want. It, it, it actually, I find myself watching that stuff and go, oh man, 
I, I get scared. I go, I go like, oh, are, how is our show supposed to live up to this? It's so good. They are so good at, like, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, the network is, is the fucking best. Uh, we're very lucky to be to be able to work with them. Just got to figure out how to screw it up. <laughs> we're working on it. I, I, I will I will figure it out. We're working on it. Um, I actually went to high school. Say my students love your show. Oh, that's awesome. You're a journalist. God damn it. <laughs> we got to go. Nice to meet you guys. <laughs> Good. You had a chance to identify yourself. We got to go. Was there a question? Nice to meet you guys. No, no, no. Oh, I just okay. wanted to say they love your show. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I you're hear that a lot. Science teachers and oh, yeah. like that. It's like your immediate thought is like, Oh, that's awful, but then you go, no, it's not, actually, it because, won't actually. you know, yeah. like, like, if, 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 yeah. if, a, if a kid wants to take a music class yeah. because Kurt Cobain, like, did something yeah. wrong, yeah. you know, that's They've a heard good way worse things from our head, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for, You're welcome. thank I'll you for teaching. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. That must have been an old one. In 1966. Mm. Yeah, that goes way back. But I thought I, we would, uh, you know, close the circle or come back to this. What do you, what's, what's the term? Uh, the circle is now tail. complete. <laughs> yeah. um, there could be only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. The uh, parody improvised commercial earlier from Rick and Morty, the real kind of commercial from 1966. 1966. And here we jump forward to our time and, and dimension. And uh, not to brag, but you all just heard our semi-exclusive, sort of not at all private Comic-Con interview with Dan Harmon, yes, Dan Harmon, and Justin Roiland, and Ryan Ridley. And you know what? Uh, before I let everybody go, there's just one thing I have to point out. What? That nobody at the roundtable did, although I'm quite sure you were probably thinking it. Yeah, go ahead. But they mentioned that uh, originally there's an episode where Rick and Morty have to go into his own car battery, uh-huh. because it turns out it's its own little civilization. I haven't seen this one. Not ruining much here. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but they originally, instead of having that be in a car battery, they thought Rick would have his own little tiny microscopic galaxy in his lab that he would have to crush to make that uh, Szechuan sauce. Wait, what? Oh, the one from the from McDonald's, McDonald's that he was talking about in the interview. Exactly. Okay. All right, all right, so, so to waste a bunch of time and get us all caught back up again, when they mention that, it is hard not to think how close they came to making a completely different Rick and Morty episode <laughs> and yet didn't. So in our timeline, it's, it's about, about his car Szechuan. battery. Okay. In another timeline, it's about, somewhere, it's about turning an entire tiny micro galaxy into Szechuan sauce. <laughs> and nobody said, are you aware you just created a rift in a new parallel universe right there? Uh-huh. And, uh, well, let's, you know what, Marky, you've got his number. Let's just call Dan Harmon and ask. I will call Dan Harmon 
tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. In another galaxy. (laughs) In another dimension. We're already on the phone with him, firing him. That's right. Get out of here. But in the meantime, I guess that's about enough of that. Yeah, I don't know what else to do. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.